Welcome to the Super Flexophobia podcast. I'm your host, Seth. And I'm Tom. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, in the studio today, we do have the GM owner of the Super Flexes, Mr. Gabe Mann. What's up, guys? Welcome, Gabe. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, Tom, I think we're going to talk a little bit about draft strategy today, so I will turn it over to you. Yeah, so we thought that we'd uh, grace your guys' ears with some uh, draft strategies specifically designed for, I guess, Dynasty, because uh, that's where we're going to be in. Um, Gabe actually found some of these off just some random site, so we figured we'd just kind of talk about it and um, maybe give some of you guys who aren't necessarily listening to anything about draft uh, Dynasty strategy and whatnot and kind of give you a few pointers to best of our knowledge anyway, not that we're saying we're experts, but um, just kind of something that's maybe to keep in the back of your mind so you can pick the best team. And um, we'll kind of just go through, we'll bounce it off everybody here, Gabe, Seth, and me included, and I'll kind of mediate this thing. So basically, basically with the draft strategy, you know, it looks like there's a whole bunch of different uh, types you can go after, um, but it changes a little bit based on the redraft that we're used to going into this Dynasty League. So the first and most popular one, I would guess, based on just looking at this, is the best player available uh, strategy um, to pick. So Seth, what do you think are, I mean, I don't even know if there are cons to this uh, strategy. Oh. I think the best player available is also known as a lazy man strategy because <laughs> it's whatever the computers suggest for the uh, person. I think it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be picked for you. So this um, is the if, rank. This is the cheat sheet strategy, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of good options. The best player available, um, you know, obviously the whatever. Like I said, the computer picks in front of you. Um, but then I don't know, Gabe. What do you what do you think about? If I if I have a if I have a best player available, but then I was like, ah, I think this guy's better. Which one are you gonna go with? One of the computer generated one, or are you gonna go with the one that? Well, we should we think? should actually state too before this. I don't know if there's like an actual option. Well, I know there's an option to take off the CPU auto pick at the end of time. However, you can when you take that off. I don't exactly know what happens. <laughs> If that's not on and the Just timer goes off, <laughs> I'm, I'm scared to say that that might be what it is. Now, that would suck. So, but keep that in mind because I believe, and we might have to do a league vote on this just because it definitely has been established. I've kind of talked to some of you guys about it. But as far as I think both of the commissioners are concerned, we don't want any auto-drafting at all for this dynasty uh, league. Because we want you to be completely and fully responsible for every mistake that you make or good after decision. round 10. Or a good decision. <laughs> so keep that in mind, I guess. But what uh, you were asking about, um, you were asking Seth about, I'm sorry, you are asking Gabe about the best player yeah. available strategy. Yeah, do you want to go with... Let's say, obviously, we don't want the computer pick. And, you know, I think we're all um, smart fantasy gentlemen in the league to where we might not want that one that the computer generates for us. Gentlemen might not be the best for it, but yeah, go on. <laughs> if you were to best player available, your opinion may differ from what the next best person is available that the computer generated. So... If that person generates Odell Beckham Jr., let's say, but you really have Julio Jones ranked higher than Odell Beckham, who, in your mind, I mean, what's the best player available? Well, I guess, Gabe, go over the... Why don't you go over the pros of what you think is, is applicable, ap applicable to that strategy? Like, what, what's, what are the pros about that strategy? Uh, some of them are kind not of obvious. using your brain. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's the good. Um, like you said, it's. The, I think it's going to be the default strategy that everyone kind of falls back to. I think it's going to be the default strategy that everyone kind of falls, kind of leans on yeah. at some point during their draft, where they're just like, "I have no fucking clue. Just get the best player, like, so I can start focusing on my next pick." But to answer your question, I think it's going to come down to experience, like how how comfortable and confident you feel in your experience of like just general league knowledge. Some of us have that a lot more than others, but also it's going to come down to like best, 
best player available is going to fall short when the best player available doesn't fit what you're currently in your team. So if you have four running backs and the next best player available is another running back, that's probably a mistake. Let me ask you this just because um, I, I feel like this strategy is going to be highly involved once we get to about round 15. And then you're going to just start going off of ranks. Now, do you think being in a dynasty league now that that might be a mistake once you start getting into those rounds where you're starting to get guys that could be sleepers or maybe not? Do you? I would think that research is going to help you out more with that because you might be just thinking in a redraft league, you'd be like, all right, whatever, I'm just going to grab these guys because I don't care anymore, I'm checked out. But this is a team that you keep for the rest of your life. Do you think that could actually stumble some guys up? Because I would feel like every draft pick that you make in this uh, draft is actually vital to how your team is going to be going forward. Do you think that's reasonable? I think that's a great point. Like down on those lower rounds, like those are big question marks where the analysts are probably struggling on how to place those players. So the more research you do on your own, probably the more beneficial you're going to have. But I feel like those players are like, how much do those players matter this season? I mean, that that's going to be those picks that you make for future seasons, right? Yep. More so than this are, season. Are you in it for the short run or are you in it for the long run type thing? So, well, and you get to pick even like 22, like you said, 15 or even 22, 23. I mean, gentlemen, this is a 30, 30 round pick, you know, 30 round league. So... There's going to be a lot of like average draft value that you got to look at and do your research to where what's the best value that I can get from that pick, you know, at around 27 when everybody's probably drunk by then and not caring as much. Right, and know? also best player available could totally be different based on if you're in it for the short run or the long run. Right. So mm-hmm. so it sounds like those later rounds, you're, you're definitely... You definitely want to do your upside player research, basically, and see who maybe is like, I don't know. I I know just doing some mocks, like that's typically when some of those rookies start coming out more, not necessarily the hot ones that were going like early in the NFL draft, obviously, like your your DK Metcalf. Yeah, and uh, the running backs. uh, Who are they? The um, I can't even remember. uh, Running back for the Raiders, the new rookie. uh, I get both of them mixed up. I can't remember. And they play for the Raiders. They don't yeah, matter. It's, so. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Hard not. Is it worth going after in those later rounds, like, your... Because we talked to... I mean, we'll get into it later, but, like, the handcuffs of, like, your running backs or wide receivers is a good... Look, is it worth going for, like, the secondary handcuffs, the handcuff to your handcuff at those later rounds? If, me, personally, I... I probably... I guess it would depend on your running back. Mm-hmm. If he's injury prone, if he's not, if he's solid or whatever. I mean, it makes a good point, but then again, it's like the run, your handcuff, I mean, he's a handcuff for a reason, right? Or he's a backup for a reason. He's not as good as the starter. So even, I mean, there was a big example last year, and I, I can't believe I remember this, and I think it's probably because I was playing you, and it was the London game, and I picked up Austin Eckler when you didn't play Gordon because he went out at like the last second and they were playing in London, and I snagged him. And he didn't really do shit for me. Like, nothing. It, 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 it gave yeah, me 16 that. points. So, like... The 16 points for running back is... Pretty, yeah, but, like, based decent. on... Based on... I guess his value... I, I mean, obviously, he's undervalued over, like, Melvin Gordon. But I guess from the amount of hype that he was getting that game... Or not that game, but just like that... Or last year you would think his productivity would have been better than just a mere six. I don't even remember the stats purely. I know it was like around somewhere in the teens, but you would think with all the volume that he usually gets with that anyway, and he was the only guy back there with, I think he maybe had a rookie behind him, which wasn't getting anything. He was the only guy there, basically, and he didn't really come forward. So I could see how loading up on handcuffs might not necessarily be the best thing because at the end I mean it's a good strategy for a starter I guess but are you going to get that same value I guess that's just something you have to keep in mind when you're searching for those guys mm-hmm. like maybe you look at a, someone who maybe has like a different kind of split on another team who's not maybe getting as much I, I don't know I mean how do you go about that like I don't know if I would actually want to go search for handcuffs. I think I would look... I, I think, personally, I think I would want to look for more upside 
on other teams or maybe even rookies. Well, I think handcuff upon a handcuff. So you go third string, like you were saying. So yeah. a handcuff and handcuff. Most people don't know what a third or fourth string running back or receiver really is. So it's tough to say. I mean, they could pull somebody up from the practice squad based on injuries. So you have no idea what that handcuff's going to be. So. Yeah. yeah, probably not a great strategy there. But So moving on, I, I think one of the other... Um, Another draft strategies gave you were looking up was the zero running back strategy, which is odd because I've never heard this zero running back. Don't take a running back because obviously running backs are hard to come by. So I think most of the uh, experts out there were thinking, yeah, go receiver heavy, especially in the PPR league. So I'm wondering what what the experts are saying and and why that might be a, a strategy for this year for the zero running backs. Yeah, so from what I read about the zero running back strategy, it's like it was it was popular from this one guy that used to play like for money, um, and he employed that strategy and won because is this a fictional character? <laughs> yeah, it's uh... a <laughs> totally made up. Um, and basically, the reason it worked is because back in I guess two th- between two thousand thirteen two thousand sixteen that time period, a lot of the top top running backs, like fifty percent of them, actually didn't that were drafted actually didn't end up being in the top running backs at the end of the year. So it was a very like risky proposition at that point in time. But after that, the running backs have been more consistent. So. Um, I don't know if it's just by chance or what, or just... You don't know the type of league that was, though, right? It wasn't... It was a PPR dynasty standard, or... I think it was just generally, like, the running backs that drafted early in that time period, like, half of them ended up not being good. Okay. So or not, like, not be... Matt worked. Forte? Like, injured, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I got it, yeah. Or, yeah, or injured. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... Well, we talked about this a little bit before, and we were talking, like, well doesn't sound like the best strategy because at the end of the day, you do have to play a running back. Right. Now, I guess... Um, but I could see where they're coming from on why you wouldn't draft a running back, especially in the PPR league if you go well, receiver heavy. I would even go farther. Than I, could, I could even see that argument PPR for a dynasty league because you got to realize, like, and I was listening to this um, earlier in another podcast, but... These guys are saying that the run or uh, the running backs are. I mean, everybody's aware of this. The running backs are the guys who have a shorter life than these wide receivers. Right. I mean, look at Larry Fitzgerald, man. How long has he? How long has he been playing? Austin. When is he gonna retire? Exactly. So, like, look at the length of that. T- and to be honest, I mean, he's just having bad, you know, quarterback luck. <laughs> really, I, I think personally, that was definitely last year's Yeah, he's, he's a beast. Yeah, Still so beast. take that into consideration. Um, in a dynasty league, um, you're almost <laughs> I could see a weird strategy. I mean, I wouldn't do this, but I could see a strategy taking as many top-round uh, wide receiver as, or wide receivers as you can and start trading them off for exceptional running backs. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And you load up the flex position with a strong yeah. wide receiver as yeah. well, so it's not like, going to hurt your team that much. Yeah. You Let guys, me ask you this, though. Are running back, do you guys know are running backs more prone to injury than wide receivers, like, yes. statistically? So, so, yes. It's, when it's, you're thinking about a dynasty league, do you want your stronger yes. players to be wide receivers then? Yes. You, it's, I mean, as far as – so I've heard this just discussed basically um, – where you are in the draft so it's typical basically um to have all your running backs you know your top tier ones uh, go earlier kind of like in redraft but um it's more highly emphasized at the end of that uh row like eight nine and ten to get those uh higher wide receivers because they last longer and i've actually done a mock where i'd pick Two high tier waters. I, I think it was it was uh, it was. I think I want to say Devante? it was Devonte and either I think it was Devonte and Julio. It's not a bad one too. No, but then right there. no, it's not. Yeah. So you got to th- and then I think I came through with like the, I think the net, I think I even picked up Mahomes the third round after that, and then I went to my running back, and I think I ended up with like Aaron Jones and Fournette. In there, so you got to think. I mean, that now that's a strategy that I just went back to back, top 
I mean, top tier uh, wide receivers. And these guys are young, too. These are perfectly perfect for Dynasty. Devontae Adams had a killer year last year, the most consistent uh, wide receiver. Julio, I know he has this kind of injury type thing going now, but I mean, he's still young. This is all perfect Dynasty stuff. So it actually kind of worked out. Now, that might just be based on position or not. I'm not exactly sure. But, I mean, in that eight spot, I mean, I was extremely – I wish I had that team now. I wish that's what it would be, like, for later. So I don't know. It's it's something to think about, I guess, when you go through all of these. Yeah, yeah. you, you share that mock draft results with me. So yeah. we had our own little side conversation. <laughs> but uh, moving on. So with the all-youth draft strategy, which is another one we've been looking into – um, seeing how this is a dynasty league, I mean, you also got to think about the present, but I mean, as well as the future. So if you're going to go all youth, I mean, what approach do you take? Do you take an, a young quarterback? What's your core? Do you take a core quarterback, core running back, core receiver? Um, kind of think about the youth that are coming up. And, and of course, like you mentioned, this is all based on research. There's a lot of rookies coming in the league. So who who you kind of eyeball and Tom, I'll, I'll start with you. Who are you kind of thinking about an all-youth strategy? Well, first of all, like going all-youth, I think just in general would be hard. Yeah. Because it's not like you're saying, hey, guys, I'm picking all-youth. So pick all the old guys. Yeah. You know, the odds of you getting all-youth just based on what's coming at you, where your spot is, I mean, it's not incredibly slim, I guess. You could go around, but I don't think you're going to find value in some of these younger guys in certain types of rounds. So it doesn't really make sense to me to do this in particular. Um, however, though, I mean, basically, I, I, I think this is more like this. I would almost actually relabel this as I'm just going to start from the or, uh, this is like my rebuilding phase of my first year. I'm not even concerned about this year. I'm just going to look forward to the future basically yep. and the problem with that is like let's say you pick all rookies I mean that's all youth right I mean you have literally all you have, all you have is college and we all know the whole thing about like the first year rookie in the NFL is like terrible which it usually is um, you know it's it's good for upside I guess but um, if they have that uh, if they just don't come out you know you're in trouble and especially in a dynasty league, when you keep all these players, who are you going to be trading to anybody? You know, for guys who actually are doing anything, like maybe these two or three year guys. And I guess that's considered youth. Um, you know, I, I think if anything, too much of an imbalance, like all youth, is going to cause problems. So I, I can see youth being a little bit higher of a priority for Dynasty, but at the same time, you need guys that are going to get you points. And I think the youth, um, with, with youth comes lack of experience. Yeah. So you need to be aware of that. I would say, if anything, yeah, youth is good for upside, but at the end of the day, you need to win games. So... Finding those guys who are going to get you the points and get you the catches and get you the touchdowns and get you the yards, you know. There's um, only so many diamonds in the rough or flash in the pans. Yeah. Like in, in it's a one, small group, say. right? And, yeah, so yeah. for sure. I mean, Gabe, do you have any thoughts on like the all-youth aspect or strategy? Not saying it's right or wrong, just uh, something that we that we looked into. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know too much, but I think all youth the youth guys can feel a little bit overpriced in the draft and I think that's people, a good way of looking at it people can generally like reach for youth guys when you probably shouldn't um, so I think it just comes down to if you're reaching too much yeah. for youth guys and that might be like a trap you'd fall into um, but if you can get a youth guy you know when it's the best player available right then that's probably the way to go Absolutely. I mean hands down it's a dynasty league you want young good guys but yeah it's kind of how much do you want to stretch do you really want to overlook guys that are 28 29 that are right. better that year just so you can you know be good later maybe and, and you gotta think like you 
most of the young guys coming out are defensive players too. Like how, how many offensive players are we really thinking about? You know, like I mentioned earlier, it was like DK Metcalf or Andy Isabella or, you know, Haskins from Washington if you want a young quarterback. So, I wouldn't even I mean, you're a Ohio that. State fan, so I've, fuck that guy. As, you as, know? as far so. as I'm concerned, like Washington, I'm not, I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even touching Washington <laughs> at all. So you smart can, move. Yeah, smart you move. can um, you can quote me on that. Um, what we have next here? So next one we have um, undervalued vets. Undervalued veterans. That's a that's a pretty big range. Uh, I mean, These are it's how you define it's it's how you define undervalued vets. I mean, are you like is Julian Edelman an undervalued vet? I, I wouldn't think so. You know, because he's still productive. That's he actually still has a good a one to throw out, out first. You know? so, <laughs> I mean, under, undervalued vets. Start throwing names out, guys. What do you What do you think? Undervalued I think Gronkowski. Gronkowski. I mean, he's probably at U of A in Tucson right now, hooking up with some U of A chick. So, sorry for you, uh, U of A uh, no, alumni. I, I think you actually you threw out a wall. Okay, so you said Edelman, right? So yeah. that, I think that's a perfect one to talk about. Uh, Fitz uh, Larry is probably another one. Yep. Um, I don't know if I'd want to throw quarterbacks into this. It's a little bit different, I guess. Like you thinking like Joe Flacco? You think Flacco is an undervalued? Flacco, yeah. I mean, F no, that guy. I think hey, Flacco, he's, not gonna, he's gonna throw for 130 yards and Flacco's not the field to be. How old is Edelman? I don't know. Old like, enough like, <laughs> to party. <laughs> he's old. Er. I mean, well, they got a whole bunch of other new guys going. First of all, the Patriots are like insane anyway. When it comes to the Patriots, you have to look at Tom Brady. I mean, many people say this. And is it's he all an undervalued vet? Is is yeah? No. I guess the question: How how <laughs> old is too old? If you if you're Larry Fitzgerald and you're at the age of retirement, you got what one more year? Yeah. After this year, maybe with him. I mean, is it even worth King, like yeah. like how? How much do you want to? I mean, obviously you're not going to reach for this guy, but how far down the list are you going to going to let him slide? I think it's definitely a late round pick. Yeah, yeah I think it's a late round pick because he can still That's produce. He's dropping. Yeah. He can still produce, and with with Murray and and Kingsbury's offense, I mean, I, you never know what's going to happen. But you could get him at a good value, offense. probably, yeah. just because. I mean, if what are they doing the note or the um, the, the air, air raid? raid? Yeah, the yeah, air raid, raid offense. Yeah. So I mean. Um, the problem is with him though, like you're pretty like you wanna make sure you're not getting him too high because he could be done next year. Right. Well I think you, know, you never know. You know, in a in a normal PPR league you might have Larry go what, like fiftieth or sixtieth or somewhere in there, mm-hmm. right? And then but in a dynasty league, is it hundred? Is it worth yeah. hundred and ten? Is it worth it? So is it it's kinda like at where in the middle of that would you want to get him? Or are you just the guy? If you're going to go the undervalued uh, vet strategy, you're obviously not going to take him 60th because that's way too soon. But you're not, you know, if you're going that strategy, you're not going to wait till the 100th round. So you're going to get him somewhere in the middle. So what, how long do you wait before you pick him up? If you're I, that I, I would consider guys like, I mean, those are the only two we've talked about, so I was talking about, but then, like Julian Edelman and like Larry Fitzgerald, I would. Like personally, consider them as like, uh, like the year weapon. Like I'll use them for a year, kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not going to depend on on them for later. Like personally, I just don't. Like, I've had Edelman before, and he drove me insane. Um, I think I even had. That was uh, doping up on PEDs. That might have been a couple of years ago. Game. I don't remember. <laughs> that was before I got suspended. Maybe I don't remember. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I think you had a look, and it was like. This kind of maybe pertain to like the guy who just wants to win the year and then maybe work on a uh, a, a building uh, you know year for the following. Um, I I would definitely look at the value where he's going. You know, like I wouldn't pick him up. You know, in early rounds without a doubt, and and, and he's not going there anyway. I mean, I've picked up both of these guys in the mock before, and they're all around that area. I mean, I think Edelman's actually going for decent value because, I mean, he's Brady's go-to guy. Yeah. I mean, especially now with all this stuff. Like, Gronk's gone. Someone's got to get that stuff. Right. 
But that opens up a whole bunch. I mean, they get all these other guys in there. They got another wide, or a wide receiver in there. I think he's a rookie. It's like Nikhil Harry, right? Nikhil Harry, yeah. And then... Um, ASU boy. Yeah, and then you got... You got another running back in the mix, too, I think. Then they just get another guy. Mm-hmm. So him on top of Rex Burkhead, with Sonny Michelle, and James White. Yeah. So... I, I don't know if I'd ca- classify any of the Patriots as undervalued vets because they're, they'll find a way. I mean, they may be undervalued, but they'll find a way to win, and they'll find a way to get you points in your fantasy league. Yeah. So Because it's a crapshoot every week. So The problem is that I just... Personally, looking, I don't even know how I won the other league with Brady last year, um, but it oh, was a rubbing in his house. Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't tell you guys. Yeah, my other league that I won, uh, Tom Foolery's uh, 2018. Um, but no, it's just a crap. I guess what you have to you have to know going into that with the guys like those guys, um, you know, where they could fizzle out in the next year and you're screwed, and they have you draft another uh, empty spot, you know, or you're trying to trade for something better. Um, I don't know. And that's all I have to say about that. Anything else? I think, yeah, I just think it's going to be interesting if anyone takes any of this advice, employs any of these strategies. Are they going to do a, you know, if they go in with a strategy, do you does it have to be adaptive and flexible? Like, if you're going in with all use and you see everyone else doing it, are you going to switch over to maybe an undervalued vet strategy? I mean, how rigid... Should you go in with the strategy? Well, it's funny you say adaptive because that's next on our list here is a strategy. Um, and I believe that's probably like the all-time uh, strategy is basically... Kind of like an oh shit moment. Like, yeah. all right, this person picked this one. I got to change my strategy. I got to adapt to what's placed in front of me. Well, I feel like the adaptive strategy is is right in there with the best player available kind of strategy. I know, I know, I, I like what you said better about the, the oh shit strategy is the best player one because it's like, well, oh shit, I'll just go with the next guy. Um, the adaptive one, I think, is more along the lines of analyzing who you're drafting with, like guys who are picking these quarterbacks too early because if that's the case, that changes everything. Guys who pick a kicker. Or like defense? All, like within it's round two and three. Um, you know, Someone's going to pick a kicker between round two and three. I know five guys that might do it. Um, <laughs> but those are all those things that are, you know, probably going to come up. So everybody talks about, okay, well, you know, if you're in early in the round one through five, then you got to go running back. And then if you're behind, then you got to go wide receiver. Well, that's all out the freaking window when, you know, the draft starts going in and someone's picking Julio in round one through three. I mean, you have to adapt to all that, right? Yeah. So this this is almost like your secret, rep, your secret weapon, right? It's like you have to apply this to basically any kind of strategy you have because at the end of the day, if, if these picks are getting moved around, like if quarterbacks start going earlier, you got to pick a quarterback. Are you going to be stuck with Haskins? Yes. And he's from Ohio I'll State. Take Redskins. Um, yeah, but that's <laughs> Flacco. But that's no. the, or Flacco. Flacco, no, no Flacco. So, but that's that's the thing, right? So it's almost like if you have adaptive strategy is basically you you know something you have to have on you to uh, you know apply to any strategy you even think you have at all, and it's vital because, like I can tell you now, like after doing some mocks, early mocks, like. Um, I was holding defense to the very end and I couldn't pick one because they were all gone. Now that wasn't a very adaptive strategy. So like that's, that's the example though, right? Because it's kickers and defense. Yeah, which is the dumbest thing ever. But, um, but yeah, that's just the example. I mean, how, um, I, I think it's just going to come down to experience, experience with drafting. Like how many mock drafts are you going to do before you come into this draft? I mean, which you have what now we have a month month or so I'm sure all of us weeks. by August, now have done August, at least yeah. 10 to 20 mock drafts I mean we're all pretty serious at this point so I mean yeah I hope so so which one of these guys which one of the people in our league are gonna you think employ a strategy well since you took my place of uh, narrating I'll tell you <laughs> that why don't um, you ask the question Tom yeah. <laughs> so Gabe, what do you think? Be the best narrator you which, can be. <laughs> no, I'll answer your question, Gabe. So I'll just take Caleb first, since uh, 
Gabe took my spot. Or no, my the... draft order. Yeah, well, draft okay, order. yeah. Everybody so knows the draft let's order. Let's just run down the list. Run down the list. Yeah. Here. What do you got? So Caleb's number one. So, so. Caleb's number one. Um, actually, do you want to just go each guy and we can each say what they might be prone to doing? Yeah, so okay. we'll go Caleb. So I'll th- I would say personally, Caleb, he's very analytical. He's probably going to spend the whole two minutes on this very first pick. <laughs> Um, I think he's gonna go youth. Wait, his first pick. He should know who he's picking. If he takes two minutes on his first pick, then, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Gonna, you, that's yeah, a lot of course right, right, No, listen, listen. He's gonna take. What would we just say? A month and two weeks, right? And <laughs> yep. two minutes to decide on that pick. For you. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying youth. <laughs> yeah. Well, well said. Yeah, I, I think I think being the first pick, especially maybe I could even play a stole first round. To be honest, I think I think most of us because that's the problem. That that's the thing we're talking about these draft strategies, right? They're strategies that you don't necessarily want to stick to 100, percent but you want to apply them at certain points. Yep. Really, that's what they all are. They're all they're they're the complete draft strategy package. Is points of all these? I'd say without the running back thing, because I think that's just yeah, you know, something. But personally, Caleb, for me, I think he's gonna go uh, youth, and uh, for the first one, he's not getting a veteran. I think that's for sure. And I, we might know these two guys that he's probably gonna pick, um, and they even fall into the best available category. So I don't know. No, I it's, think yeah, it's gonna be best player. Available, it's kind of an I easy think. one. Right? It's for very Caleb. easy for the first. T- Top oh, five yeah, picks, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think generally, yeah. Caleb's gonna go. So I'll give my vote as Caleb's gonna go with the best player available. So. Yeah, and he's got the number one pick, and we can actually just go by this, and because that'll keep it interesting. And yeah, I mean, what do you think? Do you agree, or do you think he's gonna throw a curveball and pick a kicker? I think it's gonna come down to how. Many, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's gonna come down to how many Guinness blondes he's had. <laughs> By the time we start this draft, but You're talking blondes like all oh, the beer, yeah. yeah, or you know, we'll see. I don't know. Whoever <laughs> he invites over for draft night, I remember that gift card that Austin had. I forget what it was. Something. Did you remember last weekend when he barfed? That was funny. Oh my god, I totally forgot. That was Austin. I saw yeah. the video. He barfed. Oh, yeah, I saw the video. No, yeah, That's I just right. thought about that for some reason. But anyway, so yeah, so what were you saying with Caleb? <laughs> well, yeah, I would say if he's had, you know, 10 blondes or Guinness blondes, you know. to be more precise. But uh, I think, you know, maybe he'll go for an all Dallas Cowboy team, you know. Please pick an all yeah. Dallas Cowboy. Maybe Cowboys. he just wants to really, just really root for his team yeah, this year. He's feeling crazy. He might just break into Houston or is that a touchy subject? I heard it's a touchy song. Oh, okay, never mind. I take it back. All right, so All right. then, Seth, we're going on you. I think, to be honest, I think you're going to actually do the same thing with the the, um, the round two pick. Uh, I mean, I think you'll pretty much go the same strategy. Obviously, you have to play off of Caleb. Um, I really feel like there's the two guys that are you're going to be picking against, or maybe the three. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I think it's going to be whoever he doesn't pick, I'm going to get. I mean, yeah. but lest I remind you, I was the top time in the beer bucket challenge, so I do want to remind you that it was the fastest. So, regardless, this, I'm going to get a great pick for this draft. Does this so. apply to the draft, though, at all? <laughs> nope, but I just want to throw it in your guys' face. I'm that. glad you did. Well, maybe what, it what does. I mean, he analyzed the rules of the game and came up with the best strategy going into it. Thank so, you, Gabe. I mean, maybe he can pick the best strategy going into the draft. Yeah, I'm all for it. Who we got number three? So, oh, we didn't Mark. talk about Seth oh. nearly long enough. Well, yeah. you it's, know, I mean, <laughs> it's, the, it's the two pick. And to be honest, Seth hasn't barfed yet. So, you know, it's true. Course, not yet. Not tonight. That wasn't you, right? Oh, no. I think that was that was Austin. Austin, yeah, that's right. Austin Barb. So, so yeah. Well, the problem is too. Like, we're going one through three, one through four. I mean, they're gonna kind of line up. I mean, we're gonna get into the weird stuff though when we get in like five, six, seven, eight around our area where we think we're gonna go. So, Mark, I think starts to become more of a question of what he possibly would want to do. Now, I've seen some guys go. DeAndre Hopkins, third round. Just grab him. Well, so I'll say Mark came into the uh, competition, like, prepared. He practiced. He brought his own balls. Yeah. I think yeah, he's going to come. To, based on that, I think he's going to come with a strategy to this draft. And, 
stick with it. I mean, he knows sports well, and it seems like he knows a lot of the players. So I think he's going to be adaptive, and I think he's going to know when he needs to be adaptive. All right. So he's going with adaptive for Mark, that strategy. Yeah, I think he's going to be a strong draft. Well, let's do a scenario here. Let's do a scenario just because this is kind of like – this is actually kind of realistic now because we the one and two spot it's kind of easy you know but then you got that three spot and you're kind of having you're kind of thinking a little bit I think personally I mean you probably could go with one particular guy I've seen going a lot but um, let's say let's say Saquon and Ezekiel uh, go one two um, what do you think Mark's gonna do I think it's just Christian McCaffrey or or Kamara, Kamara? yeah. Hmm. Because that's that what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it yeah. starts getting interesting once that three... All right, so yeah. what are you, um, So Gabe... Terrell since, Pryor, since Mark lives in oh, Ohio. Good right? <laughs> probably no, going to go. I, no. I'm going Travis Kelsey, number one. All right, I'm just yeah. going to tell you guys. What's, your, what's yeah. funny is that... Patrick Mahomes, number two. It's a whole Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. And then if, if Barkley's still around in round three, I'm going to snag him. <laughs> All right. So number four? <laughs> well, so let's create the scenario then, right, Gabe, for you. Um, okay. So let's say let's let's say um, we can just do it by position too, I guess. So let's let's say uh, Ezekiel and Saquon are gone. So you have two top to the two toppest tiered running backs gone, and then let's say Mark just picks DeAndre Hopkins, which is he's arguably probably the number one pick for a wide receiver um, to go in the first round. Who are you going after after seeing, or what are you going for after seeing something like that? Like, what would be we your first thought? Kamara and McCaffrey on the board. Right? Well, McCaffrey. let's just talk position. No, I'm just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's just I'm talk get, position. I'm getting a running back. But okay, you're getting... Maybe I go the zero running back strategy. I don't know. I need, Ooh, I need to think about that. The number two strategy. Not in all seriousness, would you actually consider that? Yeah. You would? Maybe. No, I'm just asking. Yeah. What's the upside of that? Oh, we went over that in this podcast. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're paying attention. Um, all right. Who's five? What do we got? Kyler's five. Kyler's five. Can I get some more? Yeah. Whiskey? Refill. Refill. It's almost gone, man. you got to save me the last. It's my birthday present. Kyler, Kyler number five. I, I mean... He, so he drafted our running backs last year in Mahomes. our other league. I remember. So he was like... He went... He's, running back he's heavy. Diehard so, Chiefs. Who won guy. that league? I don't remember. So I, he's gonna think want. He's gonna go adaptive. I think I, he's gonna. He's gonna want Mahomes. I he's mean, gonna want, you think he'd take a quarterback in the first no, round? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I mean, when, when it's appropriate, I don't okay. think he's gonna throw the the whole league on. He's gonna be mad. Who, mad at what? When you take Kelsey first round. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, like that. I, I mean, yeah, I know personally Kyler's been in a lot of different leagues, so and he knows the NFL really well. So I think he'll be adaptive, and uh, I don't know. I think he'll just have a, a general list going in more so than, and kind of use his best judgment more so than the suggested list. But yeah. it'd probably be pretty close to suggested. So and I think he'll probably go with what he thinks is the best player available. I think. Might yeah. be the safest strategy. All right, I'll go with that. And the one time I met him, for sure. Yeah. So, so now Nick, the last place finisher in beer bucket, do something crazy. Um, Nick, do something do crazy. Something crazy. something crazy in the draft. <laughs> Will he? Um, oh, youth. Like what is pick, he doing? Like is he the running Vikings back? defense. Like the Vikings first. defense, because he was one that picked yeah. kickers. And that's defense, the only so. problem with Nick. <clears throat> All right, he's, he's got a little fan. bit of a. Hard on for those Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's a weird spot. I think you're you're looking at more of your top tier running, or I'm sorry, uh, your wide receivers now. Yeah. Like I Randy Moss so. and the Viking day? Uh, like sure. Okay. Yeah. Or not, I can't even say Theon with a straight face. No, so. man, no. So much later. No, I think he's looking, I don't know, I can't really remember. I mean, I don't think Nick did too well in that league, right? In I feel his, like he's in his own trouser snake league, middle of the pack. I feel like Nick, he's he kind of. I feel like Nick kind of. Um, I don't know. Got a little unlucky sometimes and starts off a little lower, but then he's always had the capability of, and he's always done this where he kind of ends strong. So well, he knows what he's. He doing. knows what he's, he's doing. He picks attention. up players yeah. when he needs to. 
make smart moves, usually on the waiver. Well, speaking first of, day. since you said that, just so I can kind of point it out, maybe we should at the end of this, because uh, we got a couple of guys, left, maybe we should talk about the, uh, the waiver and the, uh, the fab that we're going to do this year. Maybe we could kind of discuss how that might play a, a certain part. But yeah, continue. well, we got plenty of time, I think. We right? do. <laughs> we're having fun. So, Nick, yeah, we're having fun. Yeah. So Nick, uh, so I think it's going to come down if Nick can get a good draft, and he usually comes in with a, a decent draft strategy. It's just coming down to like I, it's just funny because the way you said it was like if Nick can do good. Well, can, uh, in the draft, like I think he'll do well post draft. Is what is I'm this, saying. Are, are you like calling him out on his draft? I mean, I feel like there's a. Nick has a tendency to call everyone else out on their draft calls and well he has yet to win, so we'll see. It is hereby been I, I declared like, that like everything Nick I'm hearing right now and Gabe are the official rivals of the Superflex. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay. You should be. Because you called him out. What did you Well first of all I didn't call I, I was complimenting him. And you thought it was on his terrible out. draft strategy. I heard it. <laughs> so number seven. Speaking of terrible draft strategy, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Who's that? Who's the next? That's Austin. 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 So Austin's the same spot. I think. It's terrible oh, draft strategy. Yeah. I mean, if he's not in the bathroom throwing up, he might. <laughs> you think he's gonna throw up before the draft? All well, cardinals. Turn off auto draft All and... cardinals. Yeah. All cards. Wasn't there an issue with him auto drafting, or is that? No, yeah. who was it? Maybe a couple years Caleb ago. Who was calling it? Who is Caleb calling out for that? Yeah, a couple of years ago. Who is Caleb not calling out for that? Is the better question. <laughs> who is Caleb's rival? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Caleb's rival has to be Mark. I mean, he called him out early, and Mark was like, "Hey, man, I'm coming to this." The master's hat. Yeah, I, I would say it's more of a respectable rival. Yeah. rival. I can't even say that fucking <laughs> is, word. Is me and Nick's rivalry not respectable? No, okay. not in the least. <laughs> what defines a respectable rivalry? I don't know. Can but, we talk about that? But it's, we need to record. We need to go back and, uh, and listen to it again. Austin, though, Austin, he's in that uh, seven spot. Um, to be honest, I th- yeah, I think wide receiver is definitely. Uh, in that realm, like an undervalued event, like Fitzgerald first round. Not, not yeah, an Cardinals. Is he Homer? Is he going that no, route? Or, no, he or by best that, available. dude. By that time, he's got. He could still have DeAndre there. He has yeah. Julio. He's got Devontae. He's got everybody. That's is he adaptive or best player available? Um, I think uh, he's adaptive. Best, no, I, I no, oh. I, I think at that spot he's doing best player available. Okay, all right. I mean, okay, okay. I, it's it's so hard to be definitive on this, though. I'd say he's ninety percent best player available and ten percent well, adaptive. So when we're talking about adaptive, what 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 round are we starting at adaptive? Is it literally the first round. Team, we're first, saying yeah, I, I would the first round. We're gonna pull an audible in the first round. So yeah, I, I would. I would say that pick four straight wide receivers, and you gotta adapt to that. Yeah. Yeah, adaptive okay. could go okay. anything before you, basically, and, and based on that. Basically, for some any- reason, I was thinking later rounds you'd you'd have to adapt. Like, okay, I got two running backs, two wide no. rece- or one wide receiver. I need a wide receiver, and then all the wide next wide receivers go, and then you're kind of in a. I think an adapt. I think an adaptive strategy personally happens right from the get go. I mean, if you got let's, let's say like let's say it's okay, so it's coming up to me next, right? Let's say everybody goes wide or um, running back. I mean, depending on who these guys are, you got you're already so by the time you get to me, you have three more guys that are in the top ten of running backs. So are you looking right? at that zero running back strategy? <laughs> no, personally, it? no. I'm getting I'm getting a, a top tier running back at some point because not only that, I got the eight spot now. I'm probably grabbing that other running back. Like let's just say in a scenario, if everybody's going. The opposite of zero running back and is getting every running back. And I'm at the eight spot. I so have we're moving on to you yes. right now. Yeah. Okay. It just, it was a good segue. Um, that means I have three of the top 10 guys left, essentially, like if we're looking at the top 10 running backs, right, to choose from. Like, what are the odds of any of them getting back to me by the time I get a wide receiver? It's just, it's, it's something to think about. That's, that's, I would say, if anything, adaptive strategies come into play huge right there. So I could go 
the no running back route and possibly get I don't know who the top 10 guys are I don't know the stats really off the top of my head but I've never seen you know the first seven picks go all running back yet uh, there's definitely been like a wide receiver in there so I think at that point if that was the case I would definitely pick a wide or a running back although if there was something else and someone was picking wide receiver in that range I'm definitely going top tier, I would say, uh, running or wide receiver. Is there a general strategy you're going to go into the draft with? My general strategy, honestly, is probably uh, an adaptive one. Mm-hmm. Basically, Just because you have number eight picks, so you have four other picks before it comes back to you on that yeah. snake draft. So, yeah, it, you never know what Andre or Mikey are going to pick. So you're going to have to adapt to that. I, I guess I could tell you the highlighting ones that I would actually do uh, personally in the dynasty thing. I would definitely I would definitely not do the zero running back thing. Um, I think I'm probably going to rank them like in best player available, I'd probably consider first. The youth part I would consider next and then probably the vets after. Okay. If I was going to do this completely. You know, and you guys have enough time to forget about all this stuff. It's not going to matter anyway, just because it's it's all going to be depending on how we go. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing about the adaptive strategy is like this entire case deal. It's all these three things combined, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. All these things are components of having an adaptive strategy, which would go right on to Andre after he's crying because I took his pick that he wanted. Oh, rough, rough. Yeah. So Andre's not going. Yeah, Andre's not going to be adaptive, and he's just going to. I think he's going to take best player available to where he. he, What do you think? Best player available to where he's going to be whatever is thrown at me. I'm going to go for it. Yeah, for his first round pick, for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, by that point in the draft, he's got to get somebody good. Yeah. I don't know. Ninth pick is pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. No, he, you're looking at top tier wide receivers still. Um, plenty of them. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what he's going to be getting because think about it. He's He's got almost no more top 10 running backs, if that was the case, to look at. So, I mean, he's definitely getting two wide receivers. He could, he would be actually in a good spot to get, or me would be in a good spot to get two wide receivers back to back and then try and pick up someone who has like upside. We're not upside. That's way too early. But you still, you still can get plenty. Dude, of, we're still in the first round. No, I know. No, I know. You can still get plenty of good running backs uh, yeah. after round four and stuff yeah, like that. So, for sure. But that he's in that category. Mikey's the difficult one. In, Mikey, wait, hold on. In the past, Andre's been in our league a few years now, and he's yeah. won, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, By would default. you attribute to that to his drafting or more so? Luck, colluding, or, or auto. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> colluding. I'd say luck and collusion. Luck and collusion, luck yeah. and collusion for Andre. Luck and collusion. Why did we invite him? Luck and collusion. Because we needed another player. Robbery. Luck and collusion. Who's Andre's rival? It's, is it? Yeah, I don't know. Austin. Oh, yeah. Austin. They're brothers. Brother. I mean, that's just easy. They fought a lot as children. I heard. <laughs> yes. Well, so Mikey, yeah, talk about Mikey's yeah, spot. So, this is so Mikey, one. this is the first time I think everybody's ever met him. He's been in the league two straight years, but I think Mikey, really nice guy, nice guy, man. Yeah, yeah. beat Good me guy. last year. Beat right. I'll never forget that, Mikey. <laughs> you took away my two championships. Rivalry. Rivalry. No. No. Seth and I. It's a forty-six place rivalry. There's nothing you can do about that. Sorry. Um, I think Mike is going to go with the adaptive. I think he's going to go with the flow. And, I could say he and, has to. Okay. He has to because he gets back-to-back picks. And who, well, he's definitely got some kind of... He's I, got his, and, and like being like, what is your number? Like four by the Beer Bucket Challenge? Yeah. Picking his choice. He's going to go with yeah. number 10. Do you see? But, all right. Do you see his spot as being uh, like advantageous? 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 Oh, my goodness. I, um, I have mean, another, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, this is like four shots of whiskey right here. No, I think he is. It could be. Yeah, maybe in his mind. Well, yeah. Caleb has the same thing coming back. Yeah, he does. So, I, I mean, okay, so you did that last year, right? You had right. the last pick in that one league mm-hmm. that we did, the NFTS. Yeah. Um, how did you like I mean, Apparently I thought it didn't work for me. didn't win. But I'm not a, it was funny. I'm not, I'm not a big luck. fan of that spot. 
to be honest. Yeah. What's funny though is a lot when of were, waiting time. Yeah. But what's what I I liked your team though when you had it like when you like when you were picking it I just feel like it wasn't maybe in I don't know I, yeah. I when I looked at it I thought it was better than mine. Well, Mikey's a sneaky good fantasy league. player. Like I'm telling you, Mikey's a good fantasy player. The question is, will find a way to be in contention. Doesn't matter what draft pick. So but it's last is going to get obviously two good picks right off the bat, and he's got to wait a while. And drink more. All right. Yeah. So, who on this list so, is yeah. not doing the adaptive best player available strategy? Caleb. I think he's Caleb. going to all for the first all round. Cowboys for the first Cowboys. round. Caleb. Caleb's not. Yeah. All this you can only. I, argue might, I might not. Round. I might not. If anything, we could say that this is all just first round strategy. The second round's different. <laughs> the, the 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 strategy depends on the rounds. You can argue that like Caleb is going best player available because he has first. Well, pick. I don't know, man, because some of those strategies are not round dependent. There's one that's no, I agree. all use. And no one picked all use. I don't think. I agree with you, but I'm saying like the each each round a new strategy can apply. Doesn't have to be specifically, but like you know, best player available is pretty prominent once you get towards the end. And I would say it's more in the first one as well, because Caleb, I would imagine, is going to pick the best player available. I, yeah. Um, all youth might be better later rounds and earlier rounds. It's it's kind of like a bookend thing, you know. So, and then the undervalued bets might be coming in more like the middle. So, it's a good point. It's it's definitely like, and that's another thing we kind of just came across just talking about it all was all these strategies differ round by round so it's going to be interesting now you guys know about all these we can just call you out (laughs) or it could change or could change regardless so i think that's the end of uh yeah this is almost an hour (laughs) oh boy yeah get get your mock drafts going guys yeah everybody knows their draft picks so uh get on the sleeper app and See where it goes from there. Yeah, and I think the only people we're waiting on for Instagram is Mikey and Mark. So uh, the M and M's rivalry, <laughs> rivalry, <laughs> rivalry. Yeah. Wait, right. no, Caleb and Mark are rivals already. Damn, I've um, already done my little sound bit. Sorry, man. man. We can edit that if okay. you want. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it. So next time we'll. Uh, Maybe start playing some interviews. Um, we'll, uh, I said that on the last podcast, but it did not happen. Um, so we'll probably, what, we'll probably like analyze each one. And that's when the or real, just, uh, yeah. I think, trash talking will uh, commence. Maybe yeah. that's when we need to start picking rivalries. I said it. Right oh, you one. did. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Make sure right. to like and subscribe. All right. <laughs> Go home, Gabe. <laughs>